Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 132. Vin, it's not a palindrome. but what? No, it's not. But what we can do is, I'm going to call this a grantadrome. You, oh, I do, like this. What you do is, you take the first letter, excuse me, number. <laughs> yeah, letter or number. Yeah, in letter. this case, number. A number. Uh, you add it. Well, so we're getting mathematical, so the letter might be tough. But you add it to the last uh, number. And mm-hmm. In this case, yep. one plus two. two. And if it equals the middle number, that is a granodrome. I love it. It's a breakthrough in mathematics. Yeah. I'll get MIT on the phone. Yeah. But first, before I do that, we should jump ahead to this episode, which was befitting of this new breakthrough because we had an awesome guest. Oh man, yeah. What a what a smart dude who who's who's pushing things. He's, he's providing a, a lot of resources for people, and I think he's really helping people. And uh, he was he was generous enough with his his time and insights to uh, come on the show. That was John Sonmez. Yep, John Sonmez. As he said in the sh- in the show, he likes when you pause between the son and the a little Sonmez. Yes, Sonmez. Son. Uh, but. <laughs> Fun with his name aside, he was a great uh, guest. He is the man behind the blog term turned greater platform, uh, the simple programmer, uh, which started about programming, but now is about sort of everything. And that's what we talked about actually on the show was a holistic point of view, uh, how every part of your life fits together to make every other part of your life better. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we really dug into it. And uh, I think there's a lot for people to uh, to wrap their head around. And I think uh, even more so than some of other episodes, there's a lot of application, you know, with some of the time management stuff and really just like digging into the different areas of your life. Tons of actionable advice, which yeah. is, is really awesome. Yeah, certainly. And uh, something I, I like that is actionable, helpful, uh, it helps our podcast be more holistic. Yeah. Maybe maybe we're stretching it, but that, that <laughs> yeah, is, you know that, that's a tool we use uh, every single week uh, called Simplecast, which really is the easiest way to publish your podcast. Uh, we get a lot of questions about podcasting, and uh, that's one of the first places we send send folks is Simplecast.fm, and uh, you know we thank them for for sponsoring the show. Um, Absolutely, and it's really a great tool. Yeah. For sure. If you're going to make a podcast, the first thing you should do is have a reason to do so yeah. and someone to do the podcast. Sure. But then the next thing you should do is go to Simple Podcast because uh, it just takes so much of the headache out of the process. We can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, absolutely. Great app. Great tool. Great app. Great tool. Thanks so much, Simplecast, for sponsoring us. And thank you, John Sanamez, for joining the Sanamez. show and for talking to us about a holistic lifestyle. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for listening. That's episode, what is it, Grant? 132? Yeah, it's a bit of a granodrome. Yep, exactly. Called Holistic. Enjoy. Throwing people softballs is what most interviewers do, and you yeah, d- you didn't do that, and that that really like this is an interview that I'll share a lot because I'll be proud of this cool. because oh, of the way that you guys brought more out from me. So I, cool, I appreciate man. that.
Hey, Vinny. Yo, Grant. <laughs> I liked how you were probably there. It felt like it was like I caught you off guard. Like I just sauntered into the room and it was like, you oh. just woke me up. Yeah, yeah, I woke, I woke you <laughs> yeah. up. I like to sleep standing before the podcast starts. I like, know you're it. a huge, huge proponent of a standing desk. I didn't know you were standing sleeping as well. I've gone to a whole standing lifestyle. Grant. <laughs> wow, that is so great. And, I, and I'm really proud of you, Vin. And uh, I do have a question. I was yeah. I was just wondering, uh, what, have, uh, what have you been putting your time into? What, what are you working on? Uh, well, it's been fun the last couple of weeks. Uh, next, in, in two weeks, we're going to get ready to start headed out to um, Vancouver to do talent scouting for a series of TV commercials for Comcast Spotlight. And Sweet. then also... Uh, we just published the first issue of the zine that some of me or me and some of my coworkers have been working on. Uh, the first issue is called Neighborhoods. Uh, so I had a little expose on this community tagger expose. I didn't know anything about him or her, but uh, it was about their habits and where they, you know, started and, and uh, where they're expanding to. Uh, this tagger's name is Scare. Scare. So that was my contribution. So beautiful. Uh, Do we have a link yeah, for that? Fun. Maybe maybe show notes that. Uh, we it's only in it's only in uh, physical. Wow. Form. Am I gonna get so, a copy of this? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll mail one out to you. Sweet. I uh, look forward to it. You know, I'm a, a fan of the the printed materials, the magazine. Absolutely, man. Um, how about you, Grant? What are you putting your time into? You know, I, I just wrapped up post on a couple of music videos that I'm super proud of, uh, but they were incredibly stressful periods, and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, kind of plotting some next moves now. Um, stressful but successful? Yeah, that sounds like a t-shirt. Maybe we'll put that in the store. <laughs> sounds nice. I'll get on that design. Yeah, go ahead. ASAP. Check out the 10K merch. Um <sighs> Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad it's in the rear view. Yes, I'm glad uh, you're certainly. not passed. And then that brings us here to the uh, to the old podcast. We are working on that right now. Uh, it, yeah, you know what? It does feel like that. And uh, and we've got a we got a great guest today. Uh, somebody who I we we haven't gotten into it too much yet, but it seems that we share some uh, some similar philosophies. You know, I'm a bit uh, obsessive about simplicity. And uh, our guest today uh, has a has a what would you call it a blog a, a resource started as a, a blog set of now guys. it's a, a greater platform certainly and that that platform is called Simple Programmer and uh, and our guest today is John Sonmez did I do it right you did Sonmez yeah I actually like it kind of with the with drawing the like the Sonmez <laughs> yeah. it's Son with the up on the yeah. <laughs> There's intrigue in the pronunciation. Uh, well, Mr. Sanmez, thank you so much for joining the, the podcast. Uh, well, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great. Totally. We're excited to have you on. And may I do the honors of kicking things off by asking, what are you working on lately? What are you putting your time into? Man, I am launching a book, a, a massive book, which is about 800 pages long, <laughs> which wow. is called... <laughs> yeah, about 200,000 words, and it's called The Complete Software Developer's Career Guide. And the goal, this, the goal of this book is honestly to hit the number one spot on Amazon on launch day and possibly to try and 
have it be the biggest launch of in the Kindle store on Amazon ever, as far as number of copies sold on day one. Now, uh, you know, that's a stretch goal, but I am going to probably be hitting an exposure of about 2 uh, million developers with a 99 cent deal uh, discounted, you know, from a $9.99 cent book on launch day. So I, I spent a good six months writing the book, but the next six months launching the book. So that's, that's what I'm working on is getting all the stuff ready. And there's just so many details if you want to do it right. So that's if you want to do it at this scale, there's just so much. Oh, man, I feel like that's something that too often gets overlooked. And we, we have touched on this in conversations in the past, but the ancillary work surrounding if you want to do your project justice is it's sometimes mind boggling and it's often daunting. Um, this isn't your first foray into publishing, if I'm not mistaken, John. Uh, you have another uh, book entitled soft skills is that right or do i have this terribly wrong no you've got yeah i i did my first book my first real size book is was traditionally published so i didn't have to deal with with most of this by it was published by manning it was called soft skills the software developer's life manual and that book was really about really about it's hard to describe it's like a holistic sense of of the life and all of the areas of life besides technical skills for software developers. So everything from finance to fitness to productivity to building a brand, marketing yourself to entrepreneurship to mindset, really all of those things that a lot of software developers and a lot of people that specialize really in any field tend to neglect. They tend to be really sharp in one area, but then they, they neglect some of the other pieces of their life. So I wanted to, I, I believe in this kind of really like holistic w- way of living your life. And and so I wanted to bring that to the software development community. John, you, you've fallen for our classic trap. We've baited you into introducing the topic for us <laughs> uh, most strategically. Uh, today, we are indeed talking about holisticness or a holistic point of view, uh, a view in which most of you listeners probably do know, but it's just a point of view, an outlook that encompasses more than just a narrow approach to solving a problem. It's sort of like you have to be your whole self. You have to approach the whole problem to solve the problem at all uh, as sort of like a what is holisticness 101 explanation, not very sophisticated, but sets the table at least. And it seems to be a reoccurring theme in the work that you're doing through the Simple Programmer and your blog and through that first book, as you mentioned. Can you talk a little bit about that approach? If you want to give us the 5,000-mile view (laughs) of what taking a holistic approach means to you, John Sanmez. Sure. So what it really means to me, and it's really my, my purpose you know, in life is, is, is to share this with other people and to, 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 and to do this myself, which is to maximize my potential in all the areas that I can, right? If I maximize my potential in one area, that's great, but it's not enough. It's not, I'm, I'm meant for, and I think we're all meant for a little bit more than that. And I also think that just like there's synergy when the right people work together on a team, there's internal synergy. There's this idea that 
when you're, you know, and you see this a lot, you see a lot of people that they're like, they're successful in one area of their life and they're super successful in some other area of their life and pretty much everything that they touch. And it's because it's of the synergistic effect. And so what, what I found is that, you know, as I get better in my fitness and as I get better in my, in my, in the programming that, that I w- was doing before and doing YouTube videos and speaking and writing and all of these things, they all sort of, they all sort of raise all of my internal boats, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so so that's really my, my viewpoint is that like you live a better life. And, and and the other piece of this is too, it's it's if you neglect these other critical areas of your life, if you just focus, if you're just like, man, I just wanna be a programmer from for my audience or learn these technical skills, I don't care about my fitness. I don't care about relationships for a lot of the guys in my audience. I don't care about, you know, going and, and having the courage to talk to women and overcome shyness and fear and all this stuff. Well, at some point during your journey of life, the wheels are going to come off, the other wheels, and and you're going to flip the car and you're going to be like, what happened to me? And and, and you're going to have to go on this journey. So, you know, it's it's sort of almost preventative medicine, but it's it's also, you know, I live, having lived on the other side of it and, and finally embrace this holistic approach, I've realized that this is the way to live a more fulfilled life rather than just a life that's, you're just achieving goals, right? For without a purpose. Mm. I think that is something that is so oft, I don't necessarily want to say overlooked because I think people do strive to strike a balance of like a work life balance is maybe like, the most rudimentary way to look at it, but I, it's obviously more than that. But we had a personal friend of mine, Rachel Karen, on the show, and her whole platform was talking about like dating and eating healthy and exercising while being a creative maker and how sometimes the act of creation can take over your life and push those things too far to the periphery. Uh, and she had a lot of insightful things to say that, that line up pretty well with the sort of things that you're saying. Do you experience, especially in the world of programming, where it's, I mean, becoming less specialized because of how integrated technology is to our daily lives, but it's a fairly specialized field. Do you encounter any specific hurdles in living a holistic lifestyle when it comes to programming? I think what jumps out to me is the incredible workloads and late hours that are sometimes required of programmers. Yeah, so it's definitely well. It's it's required in the sense nothing in in life is required of us, right? We we allow things to be required of us, and I, and I, I firmly believe that. I think that a lot. If you allow people to take advantage of you, they will. Uh, you know, I don't I don't actually program anymore. I I basically am a full time life coach. I mean, I hate to use the word life coach, but personal development coach, right? I I create YouTube videos. I create full time. That's what I do. I don't, I don't write code anymore. I help my audience is still developers and I help them to live better lives and to perform better. But I definitely, I definitely, you know, with their, their I definitely can identify with that struggle because I went through that because there were, was a time when I was, had a full-time job coding and I would run or lift weights in the morning and then I would get home and I'd spend a little bit of time with my family and eating and then I would go to work on my second job, my entrepreneurial job and record videos and, and do all that. So it was it was difficult definitely to to find that time but i, I did there's a few things like like i said you know one of the things i did my whole entire software development career is i just said look i'm not working more than 40 hours 
Like you're paying me like when I and, and I and this was very clear when I negotiated a job up front, because I mean, the thing is, like, if you get if you negotiate a salary, what does a salary mean? There's some expectation on I mean, what they're going to pay you is fixed and what you're going to do for that should be fairly fixed as well. And so, you know, it's not like I never, ever worked overtime, but I basically there were I've been in environments where people were working 60, 70 hours. And I said, no, I'm not building someone else's empire. Right. If you can I'm going to do that when I'm here. I'm busting ass. I'm doing the best job that I can for you. But, and you can fire me if you want. But you're not going to, no one's ever going to fire their top performer just because they're working less hours, right? And if you're in that environment, you want to get out of there anyway. So my, the, the real solution to that, that I found to it is that you have to prioritize things, right? So in my, in my calendar, like I just came back from my run and from three to five every day is workout, is lift weights or run. That's every single day. It's the first thing on my calendar and it's prioritized it's in there. So I have time for it, right? And, and sometimes other things have to go. So you, you have to, you know, set limits and decide how you want to live your life and work from how you want to live your life. Coming back to the very first thing I said, which was that no one, no one can tell us, require us to do anything. We, we require ourselves. We just are under the illusion, right? I mean, you don't have to go to, to work. I, I, you don't have to do anything. I see just walking around San Diego, there's homeless people all around and they don't have to do anything. I mean, maybe you don't want to end up as a homeless person, but, but what I'm saying is that like, if you go to work in the morning or you take a job or you do whatever you do, you've made the choice. And so if you don't say, I get to do something, you got a problem. You either have a problem with what you're doing or your attitude about it. And so one of those things needs to change. You either need to say, look, I'm going to do something different and I'm going to decide how I'm going to live my life and accept the consequences of that decision, or I'm going to change my mindset and say, this is what I want to do and I get to do. And so that's, that's kind of how I, I view that. So, and then a lot of it too is, you know, if you just track your time, it's, I, I did a lot, I was extremely productive with working a full-time job, but that's because I didn't watch any TV. I very carefully use my time, right? Time is only wasted if you do what you don't intend to do. And so I plan my week. I plan what I want to do. I plan the hours. Not that I ever didn't have any spontaneity, but there, there's time if you're, if you're, if you're willing to make it. Whew. Grant, I'm yeah. sure you have reactions as well. <laughs> certainly, certainly. I mean, I mean, a lot of what you're saying, I identify with, especially uh, as someone who really, really values multiple skill sets and works continually to develop those. I think the biggest question I have for you um, in that vein is, uh, I mean, and time. You know, deciding what to do with your time. Uh, that's so important to me. It's something I take very seriously. Um, but one of the things I run up against is. I mean, it it is prioritization, um, but it is for some for some of it, it's um, finding finding those synergies or what I would maybe think of as overlapping skill sets or complementary skill sets. And I'm just wondering how you approach um, this holistic lifestyle. What are the what are let's say the categories or the inputs? Uh, or, or maybe I can't imagine there's more than, you know, like 10 things that are like the biggest priorities to you. I'm just curious what your priorities look like and, and, uh, how you decide and how you adjust. So, yeah, so, so for me, it begins at, 
there's there's a guy I really like. His name is Grant Cardone. I've been I've been listening to a lot of his his books on audio, and and he he talks about this idea of being exceptional at everything <laughs> in your life. That being the bar, and it's it sometimes it seems comical, but when you set that standard, you you, you can achieve it. And I mean that that's not to avoid answering your question because because you know to to answer your question directly, my my answer is is really like with that. It, it comes down to, okay, so multitasking is bad, right? I think we can all kind of agree that 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 the way that we do multitasking is, is usually is not productive. So I've got a I've got a term I use. I call it multipurposing. So everything that I do, I multipurpose. And what I mean by multipurpose is I mean that it has multiple outcomes or benefits. So I'll give you a couple examples here. So one of them is, say, the book that I'm writing right now that, that I launched. I, the way that I, when I re- decide to write this book, okay, I, I could have just said, you know what, I need to write a book because I want to write a book. <laughs> and, uh, and that would be just a single purpose. Is, <laughs> and it maybe has a, another purpose, which it makes me feel good. And I'm hoping to make money off of a book. <laughs> not, not, not exactly the best purpose, but okay. But that's not what I did. What, what I set out was I said, I need better than that. So when I wrote the book, I, w- I write normally on my blog about once a week as well. And so I was like, okay, I've, I've, I need to write some blog posts for the blog. I need a new product to sell. I want to get into the habit of writing a thousand words a day, right? So I had a bunch of different purposes in mind. So what ends up happening is this book for me, it, I, I wrote it doing two Pomodori a day. So the first hour of my day every morning uh, using that time management technique, I wrote about a thousand words a day. And I took the words that I wrote and the, in the chapters that came out of the book and I published them on my blog every week, right? So that it was, I was, instead of just writing random blog posts that were disconnected, every blog post was a continuous chapter in this book. So it allowed me to get content from my blog. It allowed me to build this book. And then it also allowed me to market and build my email list up because people would come and they'd want to get the next chapter of the book. And so it was also a good email list builder. And then it's going to be a new product that will generate new revenue for the company. And then I use it as an advertising medium because I put a bunch of advertisements inside the book for my other products and, and for my, my YouTube and my blog and stuff like that that, that fit into the content. And a lot of links out to that, and then I also use the book as as something that I'm I'm going to uh, to use as a as a branding branding move to to market my, myself and build my brand more. So really, it had like you know it has like eight or nine purposes. And the same thing, you know, I go out for a run. I go out for like a, a ten mile. I usually run about forty miles a week, and I'll go out for a ten mile run. And while I'm doing that ten mile run, I will have my my headphones in and I'll be listening to an audiobook on 3x speed. So that that time that I spend running, I mean I could be listening to music, but that time that's spent running has another purpose, at least at least one other purpose, which is it's not only improving my running, I'm, I'm keeping my fitness loose weight but i'm also listening to audiobooks that's my library so those that six or eight hours that eight hours a week that i'm spending is actually having this purpose of i'm getting through like three books a week of of information so pretty much everything that i do even when i create a video so i record two youtube videos two to three youtube videos a day i produce two to three videos basically every single day i've done this for the last uh, almost two years now and when those videos come out, what ends up happening is that video that I produce 
it the audio from it becomes a podcast and then one of the videos every week gets transcribed and becomes a blog post on the blog and then uh, the the video also goes out to become a video podcast and then it also makes up content in a newsletter that I send out so that's super multi-purpose so I think what, what you said synergy that's that's how I'm, I'm viewing it is is this multi-purposing idea of like take when you do stuff takes make make it do more than you know sure. multitasking is yeah, yeah. is the opposite no, of this yeah, right? i think that's fair i think yeah it's a lot of complementary multi-purpose I, t- I totally see the vision for that i'm wondering then what, what does holistic mean for the lifestyle then i you know because i i understand the multi-purpose idea especially with your time your energy um but let's just say um when we're trying to go multi-purpose we're trying to go multi-purpose with your life what are the what are those elements or or when you talk about that with other people how do you frame that um to them in deciding maybe what what a quality holistic life is to them so to, to me like i i don't like the the idea of work life balance i think it's a myth i think like our like and and that's that's kind of where where i go with it is it's like all of these elements are your life right so you know, if you if you if you if you subscribe to the work life balancing, what you're saying is that I work eight or ten hours a day, and then I sleep, you know, eight hours, and then I get, you know, I have to eat, and then I have a couple hours of life. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> That's not. I'm not living my life like that. Or or you you live for the weekends, right? That sucks. But so so instead, it's it's the integration. That's where that kind of holistic viewpoint comes in. Is it's like my work is my life. And I go through different seasons and in different different aspects, but I'm, I make sure that I mean there's there's key areas that I want to focus on and make sure that I'm I'm keeping up to 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 par, right? So fitness is really important, right? I like I said, I run 40 miles a week, I lift lift weights, I I do I just did a marathon, like I I keep that level up of my diet and fitness as much as possible. I eat one meal a day, I fast until five every day, right? That helps with the discipline. That's kind of synergistic, uh, the mindset. I keep my mind refreshed by reading. Again, synergistic with the running, I can I can do that. And then I've got the entrepreneurship and the business part of it, the, the relationships that I, I build through that. Uh, so I, I try to keep it so that I, I'm, I'm multidisciplinary. You could almost say it like my, my view of holistic is really like, like being a, like a renaissance, renaissance man. It, it, the idea that there's certain, and I think that there's certain areas in your life that you should master, right? Like we all should be experts at certain things in our own lives because it affects us so much. One of them is like finance, right? It's not okay to be ignorant about how the monetary systems in the world work because it's such a critical part of your life. Your whole life you will be dealing with money. You, in fact, you deal with money every single day. It's worth taking the time to get expert to develop expertise in that area and to be able to manage your finances correctly and at least understand things like how the markets work and how mortgages work and how all these these things work, right? Another one is, is like I said, diet and fitness, right? Every single day you're there with your own body and, and your fitness level and your diet and your health greatly affects the quality of your life for the rest of your life. You're there every day stuck with your body, right? Uh, mindset, psychology, your own psychology, mastering that. Another one that we can't just, we can't just 
abdicate that to an expert. We need to understand psychology. We need to be psychologists for ourselves. We need to be able to coach ourselves and understand how to how to motivate ourselves and all of these things. So I think it's like it's it's like taking all of those pieces and integrating them all into your life and realizing that I'm not just going to say, okay, I I'm a programmer and I I. I don't know about all these other things and I don't, you know, that's, that's what I, how I look at it. For sure. So what I'm curious about then is where do you abdicate or, or where do you outsource things, you know, or or do you at all? I do. I've got a team. I've got three full times and a few part time on my, on my team. And I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, in delegating so what I do though is I take the stuff that that I've already figured out or that I've mastered and or that I'm not good at and I give that to to my my team to work on and to do for me. So for example, like you know, and this allows me to focus more and to uh, to to be able to perform more. But I have to understand the thing, right? So I think like I could tell you with the video. I learned how to basically, I'm not a photographer or videographer, but I learned how to use a video camera and lenses and how to do a pretty good shot of video. And then I learned how to do editing and I'm not a super editor either. You know, I, I didn't use Adobe Premiere. I used Camtasia, but I could, you know, I could, I could do some edits and I could, I could put some overlays and I could do some stuff like that. And I knew the process. I did some audio editing and, and whatnot using Audacity and stuff like that. Not super high end professional, but once I had that skill set, I, I didn't need to develop that skill set further, but I was able, but I hired someone. So when I do my videos now, I essentially just record the video and that's all that I do. That's my, my area of creativity and expertise. And then I drop it in Dropbox and my video editor takes everything and does everything from there. The last time I touch the video is when I drop it in Dropbox. So I, I try to, and, and I think that the, the the where, and I do this with I do this with um, with pretty much all the a lot of areas in my life, and I think where people make mistakes is that they you use the word abdicate, and I think that's that's what they do is like, for example, let's say you hire a financial advisor, well. How do you know if a financial advisor is good if you don't know anything about how the market works or if you don't understand finances at all? They may be better than you, but you won't be able to identify that until you you start doing it, right? When I when I hired a bookkeeper for my accounting, I learned QuickBooks first. And I'm not as good as my bookkeeper is, but I'll tell you, if I hadn't done that first, I would have had no idea how if someone was swindling me. I would have no idea how to hire a bookkeeper, right? So I think in, in a lot of those areas, you know, you can own the things that you want, but you, if you're ignorant in, in areas and you're not paying attention to them, uh, you're, you're going to be in trouble because you won't you won't be able to detect the the wolf in, in sheep's clothing. Like you you just won't know how to hire some some expert. You can't just outsource these things. And I've made this mistake, right? Just just recently when I was first going w- with this book launch, you know, I, I had to learn the lesson that you can either be a project manager, an implementer or an implementer, but you cannot be a financier. Because I tried to hire. I just tried I said, okay, let me hire some book launching company who's done a book launch. And it didn't work out. It didn't work out very well, right? Uh, and uh, and and I tried this with, and, and it was my fault. It wasn't their fault. It was my fault because I needed to be a project manager in that case, managing the project, and I just wanted to give it to them to to do, which which doesn't work, right? And I I've tried this multiple times. So 
I think you've got to develop somewhat the expertise in the ownership in an area first, and then you've you've got the ability to to outsource that or delegate it. I think the what's really charming, maybe charming is not the right word. I think it's uh, enlightening and also emboldening to me is how it seems that this philosophy of yours is so well integrated. You can just talk so seamlessly about it and it really does seem to pervade every point in your life. I do want to, it's sort of a backpedal at this point since uh, the conversation is flying at a million miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, but you, you mentioned that a work like work life balance is, is it's not a real thing. And your point is well taken that if your work isn't part of your life, you're already lacking balance and you need to make some adjustments. I would say, and maybe this is like too cliche, nine to five point of view, that that's sort of an idealistic uh, way of looking at things that not everyone is always going to get full recharge out of their working hours. And that for some people, a work, work like life balance, pardon my tripping over my words, is a necessity. Uh, how would you respond to those who are still creative makers and who still seek to live a holistic lifestyle, but can't completely recharge at work or have some friction at work that prevents them from integrating it into their 100% life point of view. So I think there's a couple of ways to address this issue and, and either one is fine. I, I, I'm a big fan of a really good book called the power of now. And in that book, he basically talks about this idea that when you've got something in your life, like there's, there's only three ways that you can handle it. You can either accept it, you can remove yourself from the situation, or you can change it. And that's it. And so that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of where I would start there is that maybe you need to do one of those things, right? And, and, and I'd say also that you know, one of the philosophies that, that I've adopted is this idea of, of seasons that because people say, and I've heard this argument because I get it all the time, you know, work-life balance and, you know, that's great, John, you're an entrepreneur and yeah, it's great. You retired young and you can like do all this stuff and you can just plan your day however you want. But, but what about me? You know, it's, it's, and, and you know what, the thing is like, I was there, but I, but I, what, what I did was I changed around I had no life for a while, <laughs> right? And and you hear this a lot of times. This is this is the advice that that just it gets me, and, and I think it's well well meant. Is but a lot of really successful people, you, you'll talk to them, you hear them in an interview, and and you'll you'll the question that they'll be asked is those, the interviewer will say, "So what would you tell yourself in your twenties? What would you have done different when you were younger?" And they'll say, "You know, I would have said not working so hard. Don't work so hard. It'll just come." You know, I, I I don't work as much anymore, and I spend a lot more time in my life, right? And, and they mean well when they say that answer, but it's bullshit. And I'll tell you why it's bullshit, because they forgot what got them there. <laughs> At this point in their life, when, when, you're, when you're cruising back down the hill, right, when you're pushing the boulder up the hill, if you slack, you, the, the boulder falls back and crushes you. When you're over the hill... And you're pushing the boulder down. It seems real easy to push the boulder down. And you're like, man, why was I pushing the boulder so hard up? Right? Yeah. Because you can kind of cruise. And and a lot uh -huh. of successful people, like I said, it's not malicious at all. And it's not like they're ignorant or dumb. They're successful, but they forgot. And so the 
the way I look at it is is seasons, right? If we can make our lives into seasons. And there was a season in my life. I mean, I, the reason why I was able to retire young was because I spent a season in my life where it was about three years of working 80, 90 hour weeks on my regular job, on my side business, getting it going just full speed, no social life, no TV, no recreation, nothing, very little sleep, just going because I had an opportunity and I was striking while the iron was hot. And that was a season. <clears throat> and you know, just to, just to give an example of another season, when I finished launching this book, I'm working really hard on launching this book right now, but the, I'm, I'm launching the book July 19th, July 22nd, I'm heading to Europe for two months to chill. I'm going to chillax, right? I'm just going to like, I'm not, I'm probably going to shoot some videos. I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to answer email, but I'm pretty much going to take a nice season of relax. And then every, every year I usually take two or three months off. And I know not everyone can do that, but the reason why I can do that was because of those three years, right? I remember telling my wife when, when this first happened, I, I had my first daughter too. And, and I, I told her, I said, look, here's the thing. Like, I'm, you're not going to see me for the next three years. <laughs> and, and, I, and I said, no, you know, I'm not going to go party. I'm not going to be like, I'm going to be working, right? And, and we're going to eat dinner together, right? I'm, I'm at home, I'm, you know. But, but I said, like, this is a chance. Like, what I do now in these next three years, right, that could make us set for the rest of our lives. And, and that was, it was a sacrifice. It was a choice. But, but that's what, you know, when we talk about work-life balance, I think about those kind of choices. And I think about those seasons. And, and yeah, you know, if you're just like, okay, I'm going to, I can't handle my nine to five and, and it doesn't relax me. And I'm just going to take a two-week vacation every year and grind through this shit. That's a horrible, 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 horrible way to live your life. Like you either need, you need to figure out something. You need to say, look, I got a big dream and I'm going to freaking just bite down and I'm going to charge and I'm going to freaking work for three years or however long it takes and make this dream happen, the side business, right? And, and, and go for it. Or you need to say, you know what? I don't want to do that, but I'm not working in this work environment. I'd rather freaking work at McDonald's with some good, good, good teenagers <laughs> that, that, that care about, you know, that, that I can get along with than this horrible work environment with these toxic people. Or, you know what? I'd rather just, I'd rather just have a one bedroom apartment and live in Missouri or wherever, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to make some kind of choice, but to, to abdicate, to, to say like, Oh, you know, it's just, I, I don't have the opportunity. Like I, I wasn't given it. That's a, that's like a victim mind, mindset. And, and I don't, I don't think that benefits you. So, so I guess what to sum it up, what I'd be saying is, is, is essentially this is it's like you, you have control, you have more power over your situation than you think. And everything, there's this really good quote is, I, I, I don't know the attribution. I think it's like an old quote and it's like, take what you want, but pay for it, said God. <laughs> And, uh, and I think that's, that's what it comes down to is it's like, yeah, you know, we're all given the same amount of hours in the day. And so, you know, you want something, they all, it all has a price. So are you willing to pay the price? And, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to live your life in a monotonous grind, but the solution is either you're going to change your life and destructure your life how you want and accept the consequences of that, which may be living at a lower lifestyle than you'd like, or you're going to you season, you're going to take a season of your life and grind it really hard on something and, and swing for the fences. Like that's, that's your option or, you know, otherwise you just, you just get that mediocre life. And, and, you know, I hope that you have enough money in your retirement when you're 65. 
Well, I mean, that ran the gamut of of inspiring and optimistic to sort of semi-dire and uh, <laughs> borderline dark. But I think what it did do was signify something fairly important that when you want to live a holistic lifestyle, if that's something that's important to you, um, expectation management and being honest with yourself about your actual wants those are our base level ground zero things that you need to do. Um, and when you, you, you spoke to that at length and well, so I, I won't expound upon it, but bringing that up was, was vital. And also uh, self-belief is really important uh, regardless of circumstance and no, no two people are on equal footing uh, when it comes to their circumstance, but uh, believing that you you do have more control than you think is an important point of view. And even if it doesn't start out true, sometimes it becomes true. Uh, so I, I think you touched on a lot of really uh, smart and important points of view. Thank you. Grant, do we have, have maybe if we want to make take our eyes off of the, the sky, the horizon, the broad perspective, and bring it down to earth, maybe focus a, a little closer to the ground. Maybe we could chat about something a, a little bit less, uh, I want to say, germane to the topic, Vinny? I think that's a good way of describing it. It's not germane, and it's also uh, something we carry around with us every day. Well, you know what? Not everyone. Not everyone. I am uh, belying the barefoot community out there. Yeah. We're talking today about kicks, shoes, what goes on your feet. Uh, John Sanmez, if you're not familiar, each week we take a departure from the topic to talk about something sort of uh, off kilter. This week it's t- it's about shoes. Uh, are you a big kicks fan? Do you care about kicks? You know what? <clears throat> In general, I would say I haven't, but I did something really weird. You're, you guys are going to think this is kind of funny. I hired a personal stylist, like an image consultant recently because – as, as, as my YouTube channel was hitting 100,000 and I wanted to expand my platform, I said, you know what? I could probably use an outside eye. And so she turned me on to the world of shoes and I bought some expensive shoes. And I, I love how they look. I, I'm actually, I'm actually, my mind has changed a little bit on, on shoes. I, I kind of thought, ah, they're no import- not important. No one pays attention to shoes. But I have been uh, I've been converted, I suppose. Well, I do you, you must have some opinions on running shoes as well, yeah? You know, I run I vary between running with like level 5 padded shoes which are like Brooks and running in sandals. I, 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 if you've ever read the book Anti-Fragile, it's sort of like the barbell strategy. Uh, it's it's like you know, some people say, "Oh, you, you need you need r- good running shoes," and other people say, "Oh, you know, natural barefoot running is the best thing for you." And so I figure, well, you know, if I do both, then uh, I, then I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty safe, right? <laughs> the classic bet hedge. I love it. That's interesting because yeah. yeah, I feel like you don't hedge your bets in most of your other stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. It's like, but there's always some secret hedge. Like, it looks like I'm a big risk taker, but there's always some real like really tricky hedge in there that that isn't isn't apparent it, it, that's 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 kind of the that's funny a thing good way to live though right that's like the that's the secret you having a backup plan is is a hedge but that's not like an irresponsible hedge what i liked about your first point of view uh the first thing you said 
about hiring a personal stylist, that doesn't sound weird at all. We always outsource responsibilities in our life, especially mm-hmm. ones that we don't fully understand. And to hear that you've come around on it, like, I think important to your to the topic at hand, which is a cardinal sin of the off-topic topic, but to sort of relate it back, um, <laughs> the Russell Westbrook philosophy, he's a basketball player who's also a fashion icon, and he's he says the phrase sometimes, look good, play good. Mm-hmm. It's true, though. If you yeah. feel good about different parts of your life, especially personal appearance, which is such like a, a programmed thing for humans to care about, it's like if you look good and you feel good, then you're going to start to perform better, too. It, it's very true. How you dress it directly affects your personality. It really does. Oh, totally. And and I had no idea. I mean, I, I'm going to sound a little bit snobbish, maybe, but... I, I bought a two hundred dollar shirt, okay, and I had I would have I mean I came I would have said what the heck There's no difference between this shirt and another shirt until I put it on. Well, okay, a two hundred dollar shirt that was a plain white shirt. I did a YouTube video with that shirt, and everyone is like, "Wow, what is that shirt?" I mean, it looks like a T-shirt to me, right? But it's it's there's a difference. There's a difference in quality and. I feel so much better when I have that shirt. Maybe it's just because I'm like, this is a $200 shirt. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like if that's, mm-hmm. if it's, if it's Dumbo's feather, but it, it changes how you feel. If you feel like you've put some care into it and if you've manicured your appearance, there is, there's a certain way you, you carry yourself. Yeah. yeah it feels good. Oh, I, I will say I've, uh, my, my girlfriend is like got some of the swaggiest style I've ever seen. And, uh, since we started dating, I've just like kind of stepped out quite a bit stylistically and I've noticed uh, I started I, I direct a lot and I realized like I just like dressing uh, swaggy is like a big word that's maybe but it just like more stylized like more representative of me more fun I it affect yeah. it affects my directing style and it affects I think the mood and the tone I'm setting when I'm on set and uh, and actually that's I think why I was thinking about kicks I got some new kicks recently Vin. Actually, I got a I got a couple pairs uh, of Adidas. Can we get the name. We'll get we'll get those in the notes for sure. Yeah, yeah. We I, we, I got one actually. Uh, one pair of these Adidas like Prime Knit. They're called. It's like uh, hmm. Oreo Glitch Pattern is the name. It's just a fun name. I like the name. The yeah. name is already you know a home run. And but. then and then I got some real like dad shoes. Like those kind of like they seem almost New Balancey. Uh, like padded kind of vibe, but, but then they've got a, a little Dad pop. Swag is in. Dad swag is in a little pop of pink, um, and then I've also been rocking. Uh, although it's so hot out, but I've been rocking a pair of like almost like combat style like Doc Martens, and mm-hmm. I just oh yeah, I, I feel like I feel like a god in them. I feel like a badass. <laughs> like I could stomp on anything, man. Yes, dude. Yes, feeling powerful in your clothes yeah. or feeling. Light and agile in your clothes. These are all things that are, are real, and mm. and your personal appearance does, for better and for worse, Im- impacts your emotional state. Mm. Uh, I think it's it's super interesting, and you know it's not the same for everyone. Like yeah. some people, the dress for success mentality is real, and they wear a suit to work, and they feel good, and they perform. And some people need to feel free and unabated, and even maybe a little rebellious. And Ooh. I have people that come to work in joggers and like 17-year-old T-shirts, and that's how they do their best. <laughs> it's just a really interesting way. It, it's like an outward reflection. What, what's your kick cool. situation, Vin? Yeah, we have sort of derailed from kicks. You know, I like kicks. I don't I don't have like uh, what I would say the, the appetite for the, the real sick kicks. 
I I do love maybe it makes me basic, but that boat shoe lifestyle or that mm-hmm. that sockless loafer, mm-hmm. these sort of things are, are right up my alley. And I love summer because I can do like the slacks and no socks, and that, that's a that's a look that I think is okay at me. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, but it is it is I I I totally understand that it's like a basic look, the basic white dude look. And I'm yeah, okay. I don't know. You, you've got, you've always had this kind of you've always had kind of a classic like uh, you've had a kind of a refined like. Vinny style that I, I really appreciate. That's super kind of you to say. I don't disagree, but I could see how the world would disagree. So I appreciate. You know what? We don't need them, Vin. <laughs> That's right. It's you and me. You and me. It's you and me and, and John. Microphones and uh, <laughs> what else do we need? Do you need a turntable? <laughs> yeah. Turntable. <laughs> yes. Yes. I got those. Um. Well, you know, maybe we should. We should all lace up and move on. Love into it, Vinny. Horizon. Love it. In, into a new season, shall we? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know it's still going to be season four, but... Uh, yeah. Well, it's funny, though. Like, uh, as you were saying that, John, you were talking about seasons earlier. That's kind of how... I mean, I, we've literally structured the show, uh, you know, into multiple seasons. But we've realized there are kind of different topics that come up and different mantras or different mindsets um, and evolutions on those. And what you were talking about before, um, something that has been in this last season of my life, I don't know where I would define the, the start of it necessarily, maybe maybe the last like year, year and a half or so, um, but the, this idea that you can't have it all, has, I mean, I'm, I'm, I consider myself to be really optimistic and uh, very driven, um, but part of uh, what I've come to terms with is you can't have it all. And it, it, as you were talking about paying the price, that's kind of what that means to me is that uh, you, you, I mean, you only have so much time to spend. You cannot have everything. You only have so, so much money, so much energy. And so uh, in some ways it, um, it, it makes it more important where you put it in other ways that some, it can be freeing too, especially for someone who, uh, has forms of you know ADHD and and gets really excited about multiple things. Yeah, you know one one formula that I found that I, that I advise a lot of younger people that I coach now is is when you're young, like the the formula like use compounding and but use compounding this way, take your time which is abundant and invest it to make money. You can always exchange time for money, right? So take time, get money compound the money, take the money and buy back time and then compound the time. And so what I mean by that is, you know, if you think about that, that means hustle, make a bunch of money, take that money later on and then use it to hire out to, to buy back your time. Now you can, you know, if you, if you accumulate enough wealth, you can hire a personal cook. You can hire, you know, people to do a lot of stuff for you and then you've got time again. And so that's, you know, you could use the secret of compounding to, to do that to, to maximize the time rather than trying to seek a balance early on, right? Then you, when you just seek a balance, you ignore the power of compounding. So in, in some sense, yeah, I mean, you know, realistically, you can't have it all. But you, you, you kind of can, right? You can, you, can, you can have all the things that you really want out of life. And, you know, and, and one thing, you know, I, I, it, it's hard to keep my feet on 
in the ground, <laughs> by the way, if you haven't noticed. But I was talking to this guy that was seriously depressed. I was in my Facebook group and he was just like, man, I'm just not where I need to be at this, at this time in my life. You know, I'm like 37, I'm turning 37 and all my other, everyone else is so far in their career. And I, I'm just starting out as a software developer and I don't have any savings. And I'm in debt. And, you know, and I told him and I was like, you know what, man, here's the thing. Like, Give it your best, right? Give it your best shot. Like, trust the process, the results. You can't control the results. But ultimately, like, you know, whether you succeed or fail or whatever happens, you know, you, maybe you're 70 someday and you broke and you got nothing. But you, you could still, like, go into a restaurant, hang out with a few friends, have a couple of beers and eat some pizza. And that's really the best that life can be anyway. Right? You know what I'm saying? It's like... <laughs> I mean, you still I mean, have that yeah, capacity to like joy, a, a man. Bow put on it. Like, talk about coming full circle. I, I think you really did run the gamut, though. And I don't think this is pointing out a, like an incongruity or anything like that. I think it's just showing like at the at what the end goal is. Like, in the one point of view, you hustle hard, you get way ahead, and you use that money to coast and you know live your dream. On the other hand, you struck out, and you can still drink beers and eat pizza with your friends at seventy. That's a holistic lifestyle because that runs the gamut. Yeah, it, you know, it's really uh, I, I like what uh, what uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, Talib Nicholas his Nassim. I always mix up which name it is. He was the guy that wrote Anti Fragile and Black Swan and a couple other books. And he he said that, and I, it's sort of a Stoic philosophy in life. And he said that a Stoic is a Buddhist that says "fuck you" to fate. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that quote. And so that's me. That's what, you know, that's, it's like the, the, the whole thing is like, it's, it's like this, it's like, man, I'm going to give it my best shot, the best that I can do in life. I'm going to give it, I'm all, nine or above is my philosophy, right? Give it, give it my best, give it my best go. And, you know, I, I have, I, I sell a t-shirt on my site. It's called, it says, trust the process on the front. That's what it says. Trust the process. And it means that like, whatever happens after that, that's fate, man. Like, Whatever happens, I still it can be happy. Like I like I'm disconnecting the yeah, act yeah. of the work and my labor from the results. Totally. The results come or not. It's a very you know? and if you're, point of view, I think. A war of art. Yeah, oh, I love that book. Absolutely. Love that book. Oh, well, uh, it, well, well said. And it it pains me to have to move to this part of the show, which is where I ask you two questions. It's how we wind things down. John, uh, but there's still plenty to be said as the first question is, if I may ask, how can our listeners support you? The biggest thing right now is, you know what, <laughs> whether you're a developer or not, it's funny, you know, my audience is still developers, but none of my advice really applies to them so much anymore. So you can check out my stuff. But if you, if you are interested in just, and in, in let's, let's do something pretty, my, this is what I want. Okay. This is what I want. I want on July 19th, I want Jeff Bezos to get a report on his desk and for him to say, what the fuck? What, what, is this a software development? What the hell happened here? How did this thing sell like 200,000 copies? What, is this a glitch? Right? So buy my book for 99 cents. <laughs> buy a, buy a, buy, tell all your software developer friends to buy this book for 99 cents. It's an 800 
page book, it's a huge value. So I mean, it's not like like I'm just saying, give me 99 cents. Like you're going to get super value of it, and there'll be something in it for you because there's a whole set. Even if you're not a software developer, there's whole sections on dealing with bo- your boss, like micromanaging bosses and coworkers and all this stuff, and and all, all dressing for for work and, and stuff that that would apply to really anyone to, for success. So yeah, that's the best way to support me. If you want to check out like the crazy kind of uh, you know stuff that I do, you go to go to Simple Programmer or go to YouTube.com forward slash Simple Programmer and and like I said, I do two to three videos a day, so there's a lot of content there. Awesome. Uh, all of those will be shown out, including uh, where you can buy the book. Um, and I know I plan for ninety nine cents and eight hundred pages. It's like pretty irresponsible not to <laughs> give the world. Um, so. My second question then uh, for you, John, how could, or, excuse me, if you'd like our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would you want that to be? You know what? I would say, I would say that I, I'm going to, I'm going to put, I'm going to hedge all my bets on this one point, which is no one requires you to do anything. Hmm. Your life is yours. And if you choose whatever you choose to do, you may feel like you have to do it. But you don't have to do anything except for pay your taxes, I suppose. But <laughs> die and pay your taxes, right? That's the only guarantee. But everything else, it may seem like you're backed into a corner and you don't have a choice, but you always have a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, I mean, in some ways it's optimistic, and but in all ways that's a very freeing point of view. Uh, and it's, it's one I, I do agree with to some extent. And it's often uh, easy and, and I think rightfully so to feel like you have limited choices especially if you've been dealt a bad hand um but i always look for the choices that you do have that's i that's like an addendum that i would use to not even not really improve what you said obviously but just add to it uh in my own personal philosophy oh man yeah very true it's it is uh, it's something we've talked about on the show uh, a lot it's something that i i really was uh, passionate about in my ted talk was was just talking about success and defining what that means to you and it it's so easy to fall into the trap of other people's dreams or other people's expectations and once you start devi- defining that for yourself I, that is so like incredibly freeing and I, I feel like it adds this layer of context and excitement when it, it, it gives you this this sense of purpose and power that really does holistically bleed into the rest of your life it's true. And, and, you know, I never said there won't be consequences, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have the choice. There, there, there'll true. be You got to pay the price, man. It's claimed. It's been displayed. Well, <laughs> thanks so much, John, for joining us uh, and for a really uh, a positive discussion. Uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, if thanks you, for me. You guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, thanks. That's really what I was going for. I was trying yeah, to mine a comment. Finally, finally. Right there the we end. go. Um, <laughs> if you would be so kind, we do have one more request. Uh, our personal philosophy is to ship it. Uh, at the end of the day, you you have to make something and get it out there to the world. Uh, so if you could, as many of our guests in the past have done before you, give us a John Sanmez ship it uh, to close things out. That would be awesome. We'd be grateful. All right. Ship it! <laughs> <laughs>